0: God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.
1: It's that time of the year.
0: Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax,
1: and think about
0: work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync... Things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.comslash weight loss. That's plushcare.comslash weight loss. This is a podcast from The Bugle. <laughs>
1: Give me the satire. Through dangers untold and hardships unnumbered, I have fought my way here to the castle beyond the Goblin City, for my will is as strong as yours and my kingdom is as great. This is The Gargoyle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugles' audio newspaper for a visual world. Your guest editors on this week's edition are James Nokise and John Luke Roberts. Welcome.
0: Hello, thank you. Hello. And welcome to you, to your podcast too, Alice. (laughs)
1: Let's get into the magazine. On the front cover, the Tokyo Olympics sprawled lewdly on a cardboard chastity bed, winking. The headline reads, the perfect woman is both happening and not happening at the same time. The satirical cartoon is Jeff Bezos launching himself briefly into space in a machine perfectly evolved for scraping Richard Branson's sperm out of the stratosphere. (laughs) With all these billionaires going to space, I dread what will happen now that they realise that it didn't fix whatever they thought it would fix inside them now our section one of the magazine as we open up is toys and games section uh, this is this is our Lego handgun story uh, James Nokisa have you been following this one
2: uh, yeah I'm a big fan of toys uh, as you know Alice um, and of, of guns um, Wendead toys <laughs> so uh, what's happened is uh, a Utah company has stopped selling uh, Lego sets that were for Glock handguns uh, in particular. Uh, the Danish toy maker, uh, Lego, uh, very upset by this, um, they're, they're not big on guns and they don't think that's what Lego uh, should be used for. Um, and so uh, the kits were actually quite expensive, they were about 550-750 uh, US, uh, which um, is a real investment, like you could probably just buy a gun for cheaper. <laughs>
1: But this is the thing. So somebody who is completely off the planet enough to want to dress up their Glock (laughs) as Lego is probably off the planet enough not to balk at the ticket price. I mean, there should be some barrier to entry.
2: I feel like they've misunderstood, like, American police. Like, if you have a stick that looks like a gun, they're probably going to shoot you. Like, I think if you've got a gun, you're like, oh, no, it's Lego. They're still going to shoot you. That's not really, they're not renowned for being tactful.
1: So you think it's a matter of disguise. I think it's a matter of, like, flashiness. I think this is like putting diamonds on your teeth. You're not trying to pretend that they're not teeth. You're just trying to jazz them up. I mean, the problem with wait, most wait, guns is that when, sorry. Is that
0: why people put diamonds on their teeth? I thought it was a sort of, I thought it was a medical thing. Carry on. Sorry, <laughs> I, d- I
1: didn't know. I didn't know. The problem with most guns, most guns, obviously, is that when you run out of bullets, there's not much that the weapon can do as a weapon. After that, in the absence of a bayonet, this is the solution fire the gun, and then leave it on the floor at midnight for someone to stab the shit out of their feet on. <laughs> it's a deadly weapon and a minor inconvenience. What more could you want?
2: I think this is the difference between our two upbringings, Alice, is that there was no way that I was seeing the story and going, oh, they're trying to be more gangster. But then when you present it like that, I go, no, it is in Utah. I mean, if anyone's <laughs> going to go, let's make it more jazzy, Lego, it's the Mormons.
1: <laughs> John Liu?
0: Something about this story just really clicked for me, you know? Oh. Uh, that's that's basically what I have. I, I thought I thought I'd do the. Clip. You know, <laughs> I think it's a it's a reasonable start, which I'm prepared to build on and able to, of course, because of the interlocking block system that Lego presents. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a model problem with a model solution. Yeah,
0: you do wonder if you spend. You know, if is this are people buying this for themselves or is it a gift? That's what I thought. Would you buy this as a your? You know, what do you get for your gun-toting friend who has everything? A Lego kit to cover it up in the.
1: Yeah, your it's gun-treating friend who had everything except a childhood.
0: Except <laughs> except a childhood, yeah. And then you spend $550 to $750 on it, and all they want to do is play with the box. It's awful.
1: <laughs> <you know. laughs>
0: I did wonder, actually, whether there are other toys you could disguise as uh, a gun as. And uh, my favourite ones were um, uh, Sylvanian Family's Rabbit Mother uh, or Pogs. <laughs> I thought if you could disguise it as Pogs, that would be really, you know... Uh, that, that's what I'd be after.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like any kind of doll is inher- inherently creepy. Any kind of gun doll. Oh,
0: like, Now you th- like a small Victorian child where you, the leg is the, is the handle yep. and the arm sticking out is where the bullet comes out. Yes, the
1: important. only kind of worse form of inappropriate accessorization is eyelashes on a car. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that would frighten me more about somebody's character than dressing up their gun as a toy.
2: What about eyelashes on a gun? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: well, there is that school of feminism that, that treats guns as the great equaliser, um, the great equaliser of violence, because they erase the physical differences.
2: Your last thought before you get blasted away is, how do they get so thick?
1: <laughs> it's so flirty. <laughs>
0: Wait, is that, is that gun winking at me?
1: <laughs> well, it's like those old uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. Where you fall in love with the gun because it blinks its lady eyelashes at you? Yeah. Turns out to yeah. be tricking you the whole time, but your heart's already leapt out of your chest and gone awuga.
0: Sorry, I just I, I I was I was completely lost in reverie for a second, just thinking about an ex.
1: <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for section one, because now it's time for your ads. Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. Fresh fruits and vegetables, animal products – all of these are getting between you and your nutrition. Mere vessels for the essential stuff that's buried in the dirt, being ignored and trodden on in favour of more flashy delivery mechanisms. But you don't need that waste of time, do you? Optimise your wellness, cut out the aggregator middleman and just eat dirt. Dirt. All the nutrients you need. Disclaimer, some people may lack the ability to extract everything they need from raw soil. Dirtitarianism may also cause disease, death, mud mouth, and pregnancy. Worms and conditions apply. (laughs) And if you don't like your bowl of dirt, try mud. Just take one bowl of dirt and add half a glass of water. Half a glass of water and dirt. A match made in raining. Now it's time for your tech section, a billionaire space race. The latest in the billionaire space race. John Luke Roberts, I know you're a big space fan. Have you been following the latest?
0: I have. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a man in possession of a fortune must be in want of a rocket. And um, (laughs) all these bloody billionaires keep going to space and then coming back, which seems to me to be... You know, you get so excited. So yeah, who's gone up? Branson went up last week in a one that looks like a plane, and then mm-hmm. this week I was going to call him Elon Musk. He's not Elon. What is he? He's the Zed one. He's the old. Um, the no, Z- he's Bezos. Z- he's not
1: that Bezos. Zed one. He's
0: the other Zed one. There's a Z in the middle. That's yep. what I I I remember names from the middle, and then I work my way out. Z O S B. Bezos. Yes. So um, he went to space in a in a one that looks so much like a penis. I didn't realise. I've sort of heard, I know rockets. You know, look like penises, but I. Really? Honestly? They're going to be that on the nose with it. They might as well have painted it pink and put one of those, you know, a smiley face and two eyes on it, like Wicked Willie from the 1990s. Maybe they were books <laughs> we just had here. I'm, um, I'm trying to forget them. But yeah, he went to space and uh, took uh, Wally Funk, who seems nice, an 18-year-old, also taken up, who seems spoilt, And then he took Jeff Bezos' brother, who because uh, uh, you've got to get some nepotism in there somewhere. Yeah, that's it. That They went up, they came down. It's a huge news story, and they're going to sell it to other people for £250,000. That's that's more or less it.
2: I mean, you're never winning a brotherly fight ever again after that, eh? Hey? <laughs>
0: I know. Like, yeah, remember when fight. I took you to space? I took you to f***ing <laughs> space! <laughs> These billionaires keep on going on this journey. You know, the, this journey into space they want to make. You cross the threshold, you come back. But they come back unchanged. That's not how story structure is meant to work. <laughs> we, We should send them up in a rocket with three ghosts, you know, who can teach them a moral (laughs) lesson while they're doing it and come back down. That's where they should be putting their money in. Do you think that's what he was
1: trying with the the 18-year-old as the ghost of Christmas future?
0: Oh, and then Wally Funk as the ghost of Christmas uh, past and his brother as the ghost of Christmas present, maybe?
1: I mean, the ghost of Christmas present stolen, I assume. Mm. This is one of the fascinating things about this story. He came down from space and then he gave $100 million to... Uh, two men who he he sees as doing unifying discourse so van jones and somebody else as a way of sort of counterbalancing the billions and billions of dollars he spent on the space race Uh, james
2: isn't that like literally the start of a james bond film though like the billionaire comes down from space and then gives a hundred million to charity and is like uh, advancing (laughs) the human cause but then while they were in space haha invisible space station
1: Yeah, I feel like this is a this is a a tale as old as time. And by time, I mean James Bond movies.
2: (laughs) I do think we're not giving enough praise to the science team because they they got away with a giant penis. They were paid millions (laughs) and they looked them for months straight in the eye. No one cracked a smile and they were like, this is the best because it could have looked like a plane, couldn't it? It could have looked like anything. But they went, let's send them in a cock.
1: Well, that's not the only tech news that's happening at the moment. Apparently tech firms in China are trying to boost fertility by curbing overtime. They've banned overtime on weekends uh, in order to encourage people to go home and bone, which seems to me counterintuitive. They don't need to cope overtime. They just need to have lots of private office spaces and willingness to overlook lengthy two-person meetings. Also, uh, more women in tech. Forget it. Let's <laughs> that sounds too difficult. People in tech firms are problem solvers. Just tell them there's a bug in the baby-making algorithm and watch them hammer away relentlessly at the problem for 46 hours without pause. With enough lube, it will work.
0: So you just need to, you need to gamify banging. If you yeah. could, so basically, if you could set it up so there is a winner of sex, then you'd, you'd be all the way... I
1: don't know how much more done. gamified banging could get. There is a winner of sex. <laughs> I don't know how you play sex. I don't know how you
0: play sex. Hang on, I don't understand. I think there's
1: not a high five and a well played at the no, end. If there's, a,
0: if there's a winner, that means there's a loser and that's awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's what you want. You want them to the, the challenge of having to return to win back their title.
2: It's just when you have an orgasm, just scream out, achievement unlocked.
1: That's, <laughs> that's what you got to do got a joke here that's something, something Mountain Dew flavoured condoms, but this is about making babies. So I I thought I wouldn't do that joke. But on the other hand, I imagine Mountain Dew flavour would eat holes in condoms. So maybe I stand by the initial joke impulse.
0: I stand by the initial joke impulse.
1: Yes.
2: And it's that kind of language that is making it difficult for fertility rates to rise in the tech industry.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It depends how much JavaScript turns you on.
2: Do you think they, they... It's their first instinct to go, look, we need to raise productivity, let's just have more banging. Or is this like they went through giving them better health care or raising their pay and they're like, let's just do a survey Oh, everyone wants to have more sex. OK, let's figure this out. Let's, let's workshop it.
1: No, I think I think it's, it's patriotism in that the tech firms are taking these people away from their lives and the birth rates are declining. Uh, so china has just gone to a three-child policy i feel like this is all an extension that's of that. too much
2: pressure for sex though like you can't be thinking about your entire country when you're in the bed or wherever you are
1: oh wait
0: i uh, in this in my country we we don't just think of our entire country we think of our queen as well oh, <laughs> well
1: that's all the time we have for our tech section because now it's time for our reviews each of our guest editors has brought in a thing to review out of five stars james Nokise, what have you brought in to review
2: Well, it might seem strange, but I'm reviewing the NBA finals that have just happened because the player who got the best player in the world, the finals MVP, is a Greek Nigerian. And that's a great day for anywhere in sports. That The best basketball player in the world is a man called Giannis Antetokounmpo. I may have said that wrong but as someone who has a last name which is difficult to say I respect a man who takes that name into the public view and then decides he's just going to become the best in the world so people have to learn to say it on podcasts and newsreels. (laughs) I give the finals an A.
1: An A out of five stars.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's Greek.
1: John, John Luke Roberts.
0: Yes, I would like to review opinions for you. Today, I'm giving a review of opinions. Opinions are like arseholes. Emperor moths don't have them. (laughs) Opinions are like arseholes. They've touched almost everything you can think of, from monetary policy to any celebrity to the cool of your kitchen work surface. Opinions have been lightly or firmly touched upon just about everything. I think opinions are rubbish, but unfortunately that's a hypocritical standpoint to hold. (laughs) Opinions are like arseholes. Everybody should be allowed one each. This will improve... (laughs) The general quality of opinions because you're gonna have to think really hard about it and go right that's the one i'm having that's the one and all the rest are gone so in uh, conclusion i give having opinions two stars
1: that's all the time we have for reviews because now it's time for our banging section our lead story in our banging section is about algae with three sexes which can all have sex with each other uh, John Luke Roberts.
0: Oh, it's not natural. Oh, wait, no, it is. It's natural. It's, uh, yeah, It's yeah, they discovered these algae. There's three different sexes, proper sexes. They're not like, and through chromosomes, do, they're meant to have three sexes. They can all uh, have sex with each other. It's great. I think it's fantastic. I'm glad there are finally more queer role models for our youth. <laughs> it's great. Good for you, algae. I'm glad you're having a nice time. Um, well, nobody else is.
1: James?
2: JK Rowling's already announced it as the uh, next villain (laughs) in the Harry Potter series. Absolutely unbelievable. The shenanigans going on in the algae world, just making a mockery of humans who have spent a lot of hard time and possible thinking getting really annoyed about this kind of stuff.
1: Well, so this story was uh, reported in Pink News uh, as a kind of a, I, I imagine a contribution of relevance to the gender debate that's currently raging out of control in so many places on the internet. Uh, but it seems to me to be a sort of a complete, um, what do they call it, a red herring. I mean, first of all, we're not algae. And secondly, I don't know that algae identify as anything. Do algae have gender? Is this relevant? Surely it's all about you know expression of selfhood.
0: Don't uh, all you're doing is uh, all you're doing is is setting up a new gender debate um, that J.K. Rowling will take a <laughs> horrible opinion on. I don't think we need to. Let's not drag the algae into this. Let, let's just let the algae be algae. But
1: that's what I'm saying. Biological essentialism has no place in the dead in the gender debate, let alone algae essentialism.
0: Oh right, so you pink at are seem to be taking a biologically essentialist view by publishing this story which is the view that they wouldn't want yet they uh, it's a real own goal but only if you think about it very hard so probably <laughs> i think it'll be fine
1: which no one will
2: i do like how they've gone the third gender is bisexual and they've put it in quotation marks as if to say look it's just a placeholder don't come at us all right we're not this is very new to all of us we're figuring it out.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Because presumably that means they've decided that the, that two of the genders are male and female, and then there's another gender that they don't talk to. Why are, how, how can they be sure any of those genders are male and female? They should come up with new names for them.
1: Well, I mean, one of the types of algae always takes the rubbish out, and the other one always tries to buy shoes at you. So that's how they know which one's are which.
0: That is so Hack. <laughs>
1: The third
2: algae is Prince. It's just a, a symbol.
1: Going from too much sex to not enough sex, upper secondary school students in Norway have had to promise not to have sex on roundabouts. This is a story coming out of Norway. It's a very Norwegian story. James Nukisa, so have you been following this non, non-sex on roundabout situation?
2: No, but as someone who's had sex on a roundabout, I am offended that they were, I mean, where else, uh, it's, I'm guessing it's teenagers. This is a very teenage thing to do is you you get you have a couple of woodstocks uh both of your parents are back at your respective houses uh there's nowhere to go the bridge is already taken the bush and the park is occupied roundabout where where are people supposed to have sex this would never happen in china alice
1: so this is a (laughs) a, this is a tradition apparently in the schools of of a kind of an end of year scavenger hunt style thing pre-graduation scavenger hunt that includes the achievement of having sex on roundabouts but they've decided uh, to, to, do, to not do it in the interests of public safety, which I think is delightful.
2: Okay, first of all, Norwegians, Norwegians, you've got to listen to me on this podcast. Sex should never be a hunt. All right, that's where you're falling down. That's first hurdle. You've fallen over there. Never treat sex as a hunt. Second, <laughs> never scavenge for it. I mean, that's, that's part two, all right? It's a two-part lesson here.
1: Well, the roads authority director has uh, said that he doesn't mind that students making an announcement about, about this roundabout situation because uh, he, he hopes that the traffic safety element is included because that's a useful thing. He doesn't mind the public swearing not to have sex on roundabouts as long as they draw attention to road traffic safety. <laughs>
0: I will say, previously, I thought that uh, this, uh, this story, the whole having sex in a roundabout thing, sounded you know, a real turn-off to me, or like three to four turn-offs, actually, <laughs> on, on many roundabouts. But then I realised it's the perfect place to have group sex, a uh, threesome or above, because there's no kind of... Uh, should we, uh, everyone knows exactly who's meant to enter, from where, at which point.
1: <laughs> just I- indicate first.
0: Yeah, just indicate but Make sure it's that... It's a, check-
1: a very important part of all sexual intercourse, yeah. is I mean, indicating first
2: i feel like sex would be more enjoyable for everyone if we just all followed the giveaway rule
1: <laughs> cleanly signed and also uh always let a horse go first <laughs> is
0: that is that, is that in the highway code
1: that's in the learner drivers test in australia you have to let ca- you have to let a horse go first
0: maybe that's in i've never i've never come across uh, well i've never <laughs> i've never come across a roundabout. but um unlike james but i've never i'm sure nobody mentioned the uh, priority for horses here But we have horses. We do have horses in the UK. I've seen them. I've I've seen them. So now, but now I I have to check the highway code for that. Oh, That's a shame. I wish it had come up in my multiple choice test you have to do, because then I'd know.
1: Well, now we have uh, our sex pullout section. Closing out our sex section, a journalist from Denmark took Gonzo Reportage to another level while... Uh, talking about the reopening of a swingers club near Copenhagen. She went to the club to report on it and ended up having sex with a man on tape. We're having a sex pull-out section, sex tips pull-out sections for swingers returning to the game uh, after time off. It's important because we've all been in isolation or various levels of lockdown. It's important to brush off your skills before you re-enter the entering space. Uh, so I have a few sex tips for swingers parties. Uh, First tip, read through the program beforehand. It's very rewarding. Uh, Bring a list of conversation starters slash mid-sex exclamations if you're worried your social skills have atrophied during isolation. Positive affirmations never go astray except with people who are into humiliation. Be careful of the lube you use. It says a lot about who you are. Don't go with the house lube but also don't bring luxury lube lest you cause shame in your colleagues. Uh, Trim your toenails, just important as a general rule. Uh, get vaccinated no one's popular at a swingers party who is uncomfortable with the concept of being penetrated james or john luke do you have any tips to add to this pull out section keys in the
2: bowl not keys in the hole always always good to remember
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I think i did have something but i can't locate or remember it
1: if you just had to come up with something off the top of your head if someone said i'm going to a swingers party i haven't been one to one in 18 months what's your suggestion
0: wash your bum first (laughs) You don't know how long the queue for the loo will be, so make sure you carry out your hygiene before you get there.
1: Very good. That's, mm-hmm. That is good advice. Floss. <laughs> the dance or the dental hygiene practice?
0: Well, dental hygiene before you go, very possibly floss once you're there, but do be aware that if you floss while you're naked, um, there will be rhythms and pendulous movements going on, which may undercut the natural style of the dance, because not everything will be moving at the same speed.
1: I have a couple of friends who are very into the sort of swingers thing, uh, the sort of sex party, sex nerd kind of culture. And it seems to be a lot of Excel spreadsheets, like a lot of mm-hmm. admin. Mm-hmm. Populating columns isn't necessarily my approach to a sexy time, <laughs> but everyone needs a hobby.
2: I don't think a group email should be part of foreplay. I think that's <laughs> breaking it
0: a bit. Oh, imagine if you sent tried to inv- try to set up an orgy, but you clicked BCC instead of CC and so <laughs> one person ends up coming because nobody else got the message.
1: <laughs> That's all the time we have for our sex section because now it's time for our animal section. Uh, Australian biosecurity has intercepted an unusual object on its way into the country. Uh, James Nokise, you're close to Australia. Have you got this story? Uh,
2: yeah, the Department of Agriculture uh, and Water, or DAW, uh, as, it's, as it's known in Australia, um, what they've found is a mummified pig fetus, which was mailed uh, from overseas. I think we can all agree that's, that's not a great birthday present.
1: Yep, not a great birthday present, not quite a pig.
2: It's not quite a pig. Um, it's definitely better, it's not the worst fetus you could be mailed. I think what's made this story very interesting, if if, if you find uh, a mummified pig fetus boring, is um, that it's, it's led the departments to actually go into their archives and start looking at all the strange stuff that they've uh, had to detain worm in the mail, uh, which includes deer genitalia, uh, monkey bones, um, skinned frogs, horse dung, which is a very... A uh, unique thing to put in, in, in a post. Um, a roasted otter, which I, I maintain is quite Australian. And a taxidermied <laughs> black bear, which is going to cost so much to post.
1: And also impossible to wrap and put under the Christmas tree. Everyone can see what it is. Surely. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wrapping a, like wrapping a hammer. Everyone knows it's a mummified black bear.
0: No, they know it's a mummified bear. Could be polar, could be brown. You just don't know till you open it up. <laughs>
2: I think I think like sometimes you just got to let the child finish the sentence when they're telling you what they want for Christmas because you've almost got <laughs> it right. You've got the bear part, and you've got the stuffed part, but you've missed something fundamental. <laughs>
1: well, I have a I have a, a genuine story about Australian biosecurity when I was a teenager. I, I wrote letters to a, a a friend of mine who was a crush of mine, and he wrote a letter to me saying that he had a crush on me. And if I had the same crush, he was going to enclose a, a match. And if I had the feelings for him, I should light the match. And if I didn't, I should enclose the match unlit and send it back to him. And he would know. And it would be a very subtle way of, of refusing his, his offer to love me forever. Uh, I think I would have been about 14 at that time. And uh, Australian biosecurity had opened the envelope and removed the match. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it feels like a metaphor for something
0: so you didn't receive the match
1: i didn't receive the match i did receive the letter with a little note enclosed by australian biosecurity saying we hate young love (laughs) (laughs) i
2: I, I feel like a customs officer opened that envelope took a look and went let's just save her some trouble here
0: (laughs) (laughs) did you supply your own match like did you go oh i'll light a different match then and put that in well, leave I'll, I'll leave
1: the end of the story a mysterious a Mysterious for our listeners. They, they, they're welcome to write whatever fan fiction they like in their heads about it. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. We're in our ads section at the back, flipping through the classifieds, uh, looking at used book sale. Uh, it's just one used book, but you don't know until you go and pick it up, apparently. You have to go and pick it up to find out which used book it is. And I'm not sure if you can really consider books used. Are they... At what point does a book become a used book?
0: Once you lick it.
1: (laughs) Once you lick it. John Look, have you got anything to plug?
0: My podcast Sound Heap is currently hitting the pod waves, airwaves, computer, the internet. Every Wednesday there's a new one released. Um, uh, That's... um, I think it's fun. Uh, And I'm doing the Edinburgh Festival for seven days this year. For whoever may or may not be there, I will be doing my show It Is Better at the Monkey Barrel. Uh, every day at 4.15 p.m. from the 5th to the 11th of August.
1: That's very good. Uh, James, have you got anything to plug?
2: Uh, My mental health podcast, Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower, which it seems gets more pertinent with every month. um, (laughs) It's doing our season four um, in a month, uh, which means uh, you've got one month to go through the back catalogue and find a whole bunch of helpful interviews and in the spirit uh, of camaraderie of performance if you're in the UK uh, go to the Edinburgh Festival if you want to and go see John Luke Roberts he's at the Monkey Barrel he's an uh, absolutely hilarious live performer Uh, and you probably need some live comedy because Britain is horrific
0: that was very kind James I I wish you hadn't emphasized live quite so much because it did sound a bit like uh, unlike in this podcast he's a hilarious live performer (laughs)
1: I was meant to be doing the Melbourne podcast festival which has now been cancelled at the end of this month Uh, but I had sold five tickets mainly because I was not uh, very good at advertising it so I'm wondering they're going to reschedule till uh, the 17th of September so if you're in Melbourne and want to see that probably like try try and tell me that because otherwise I might not do it I'm not sure if I want to go all the way to Melbourne uh, for five tickets at this point I'm at Alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Look me up there or on patreon.com slash Alice Fraser, which is a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts and blogs, as well as my weekly Tea with Alice salons. We have, of course, to thank our roving journalist, Wissam Hassan, who sent in the story about the journalist having sex on air, socially distanced kitten, who sent in the algae sex story, Stefan Chilcott, who sent in the sex on roundabout story, and Paul Douglas, who sent in the mummified pig fetus, and has the honour of being the only person who didn't send in a story about sex this week.
0: But all of them were having sex while they sent the stories in.
1: (laughs) This podcast is a Bugle podcast, and Alice Fraser production. The editor is Ped Hunter. The executive producer is Chris Skinner. And I'll talk to you again next week.